ho, 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 Merry Christmas. You're still a fucking asshole. Live from the historic river market in downtown Kansas City, Missouri, from the crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it's Two Douchebags and a Microphone Podcast. When taking a shower, remember to scrub your asshole with soapy water, because nobody likes a stinky asshole. The apocalypse just happened. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. But we can tell you what you can eat. On most of these apocalypse series, we tell you what plants you can eat in case of an apocalypse and you have to go out to your yard for food. Well, this one is going to explain to you the plants you may be aware of to not eat. Plants that could be toxic usually might have milky white sap, thorns, spines, or fine hairs, or leaves or stems. Pods with bulbs, beans, or seeds. Stems or trunks that have an almond scent. Three-leaf foliage growth. Also be aware of intensely bitter or sappy flavor. Foliage reminiscent of dill, parsley, or carrot. As pleasant as 50 grit sandpaper to your inner thighs. everybody this is two douchebags and microphone i'm mark and i'm rob welcome all right well um rob i'd like this to is s- nice to do it early it is isn't I'm it yeah liking this. yeah it's all refreshed we're doing this quite a bit earlier than we normally do uh because well, of holiday is, schedules we're we're like a quarter about 10 after 5 on tuesday the 19th we sound awake and refreshed well, I'm on I'm on two and a half weeks vacation. Oh hell yeah! So all Rod's been, been doing since Friday, and this is Tuesday. All he's yeah, been doing is masturbating, and that's about it. And so I, I'm catching up a lot of different things. Okay, but mainly masturbation, right? Uh, you keep it that way. <laughs> okay, all right. Rob may be masturbating, but probably not that much if he is. How's that? <laughs> Hey, I'm getting ready to turn 55. I don't need it so much anymore. Okay, he probably masturbated one time since he's been off. Sound fair? Uh, it's me to know and everybody else to find out. All right, then. Okay, well, we're going to stick with that. <laughs> um, anyhow, <laughs> I, uh, on a little bit more serious note, um, I read today where New York State, there was a bill in the state Senate that would require all the Chick-fil-A's on the interstates to be open on Sunday. The reason is the state feels that services along the interstate travel system should be required to be open every day to service the public needs. But the question I got is, Chick-fil-A states the reason they're not working on Sundays is religious. I don't know if New York State has any ground on that at all. Because you can't really touch religion, appropriately so, to our Constitution. Oh, dude, dude, dude. <laughs> you see, I, I, I see their point. You know, that no, people... No, 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 my, my first story up is something totally opposite, but it, it's okay. kind of religious. Go ahead. Okay, well, all right. All I think they could do is make that law... And then I don't know if they could enforce it because of religious reasons, but maybe they could shut them down because they don't obey the law. But I think that they would be grandfathered in because um, because they were there before the law was passed, right? Right. 
but because of religious reasons, I don't think they can make anybody work on Sunday, uh, and especially like a corporation like Chick-fil-A, where they have a corporate standard, and it is part of, of their bylaws that they do not open on Sunday because of religious reasons. So, I, what do you think, Rob? Do you think, one, do you think that's proper for them to do that? Number two, do you think that they have any legal recourse to do such? When it comes to religion, I don't see how they could have any legal recourse. I don't either. I, I, I don't because know. religion is a touchy subject. Yes. And it's not even allowed in the laws anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm so, saying is is I can't believe this day and age that they're even going to uh, going to try to do something like that because I think they're going to fail miserably. I, I think it would go to the Supreme Court and the so, so, Supreme Court would tell them, no, you can't do this because on grounds of religious reasons. Yeah, so, I, I think I would hold off to the Supreme Court, honestly. Yes, yes. Yeah, so anyhow, um, I thought that was uh, interesting when I read that, and I just wanted to bring it up firstly. Um, anyhow, Rob, you said you had a story kind of uh, kind of like that about religion or something? Well, well, yeah, but it's a different religion. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, and this comes out of Memphis. It, it's a story out of Memphis, Tennessee, so I don't know if this schools from Memphis. It's somewhere in Tennessee. Okay. Okay. You remember the, Okay, the UVLAB Foundation. You know the school that got shut up, UVLAB? Yeah. The UVLAB Foundation for Kids announced Sunday its plans to protest against Chimney Rock Elementary School in January 24. Okay. 24. That's what I'm saying. I don't know where I I did not get time to look up where Chimney Rock Elementary is, but the story's out of Memphis. Okay. This comes less than a week after the Satanic Temple announced the planned launch of its after-school Satan Club at the elementary school. There's one like that going in Overland Park, too, where they're having a Satan club, and they're trying to vote it out, and I don't know how they can do it. That's interesting that there's two of them in different states. Is this like some okay, sort of a well, youngster prank, or is it some sort of an overall t trend? No, no, no. It's a thing. Okay. Uh, the club is planning to launch on January 10th, at Chimney Rock Elementary, according to the Satanic Temple. Wow. The foundation plans to protest on January 3rd and January 10th, mm -hmm. right before the club launches. Yeah. That's not it. Let's see. That's, yeah, I'm looking for what I was getting ready to read. Okay. So the club is not endorsed by MSCS which is explained by the San Satanic Temple's flyer wow. for the club. Uh -huh. Also, MSCS board members and leaders have explained that they do not support the beliefs of the Satanic Temple, mm -hmm. which is sponsoring the after-school Satanic Club. <laughs> I want to know what they do in this Satanic Club. <laughs> okay, well, here here's the last paragraph of the story. Okay. The Satanic Club is a federally recognized nonprofit. The organization explained that in a 2001 Supreme Court ruling gives them the right to meet as a club at a K-5 school. Yeah, yep. Supreme uh, Court authorized it. Okay. Uh, yeah, and this is what I was talking about. This goes along with the lines of Chick-fil-A. 
um, yeah. not opening That's on right. Sundays yeah. because they're Christian and that is a day of worship and rest, the Sabbath, you know. So, hmm, interesting. And now we got a satanic club that wants to go into a. It's interesting that they're mirroring each, each. You know what I mean? They're yeah. diametrically opposed. Obviously, you know, one believes in uh, Jesus, the other one believes in yeah, Satan. Yeah, there's a bunch of opposers. Uh, yeah, so have no choice but to allow it at this point. Well, uh, you have to because it is constitutionally protected. And right, right, uh, right. That's and, why I read that part of the story. Wow, interesting. Um, well. Do you want to go into something a little bit more light-hearted, Rob? I'd love to. All right. Well, we have this new, um, a relatively new little feature we have here. And this is a playful, not trying to hurt anybody or nothing, not trying to be mean, a playful nipple yank, a playful ball flick, and a playful bite on the ass cheek to people, to yeah. famous people. And we pick these, yeah. I don't know, uh, maybe a couple times a month, somewhere in there, right? There's really no rhyme or reason. Yeah, yeah, it's about every two, three, four weeks. Yeah, it's whenever we decide. We're not trying to overdo this one. No, we just, whenever we get to it, we get it's to it. It's playful. Well, today is if the... If somebody we're mad at, it'd be different. Yes. So, this is, uh, this is um, just... You know, who we decided this week to, we decided to do this this week on this show. And uh, it's a playful nipple yank, a playful uh, ass cheek bite, and a playful nut flick. And these are the people that I chose to do this with for no apparent reason, just because. And then we'll, Rob will produce his for no apparent reason, basically, just because. All right, my first, the nipple yank goes to Bill Nye, the science guy. Ooh. Yeah, I think he needs a nipple yank, don't you? Honestly, I'm thinking he may like it. Yeah, he's kind of a nerdy guy. I mean, you know, he... I, yeah. yeah, he may like it. I could see him, like, going, Hey, uh, you know, you just did. You do that maybe for another 20 minutes, please. Maybe, huh? Could you? Huh? Yeah. I could see that. Huh? Yeah, yeah. My playful ass cheek bite goes to none other than Henry Winkler, the Fonz. Oh, hell yeah. He came back in the spotlight because he's a huge Patrick Mahomes fan. And, you know, and yeah. Mahomes gave him the jersey and all. And, and we all know that. And anyhow, I love the guy. He's awesome. Just a playful ass cheek bite. I guarantee you, he would definitely love it if you gave him an ass bite on the sideline of the Chiefs game. Yeah, he'd just be like, hey, all right, you that's cool. You behind, bite him on the ass. Yes. Right on national TV, he would love it. Yes. I would agree with that. So I think Henry Winkler deserves a playful ass cheek bite. And the playful Netflix going along with NFL theme, I think goes none other than a Bill Belichick. I think he could use a playful Netflix. What do you think, Rob? Uh, are you sure that'd be playful? <laughs> Maybe not, but I'm going to say it's playful. How's that? Okay, okay. I'll let you go on that one. Okay. <laughs> All right, Rob, we hand this whole abortion over to you. That's kind of funny because we, we're going in the same order. That is funny. Okay, okay we, my first, my nipple yank goes to Blake Clark, the Cajun and the water boy, played in Joe Dirt. <laughs> if he could play with his nipples, why can't I? I agree. I agree. That's great. <laughs> Good one. And then I came up with my ass cheek bite. Okay. It, I'm thinking it may have been on my first one, but I don't care. I'll do it anyway. You could, there's no, you know what? There's no law. We set no laws on this. You could ass cheek bite yep. anyone for as long as you want. So go ahead. Flow from progressive. You might have picked her, but you know what? She can use more ass cheek bites. And I, I think agree. she was. I think she was on my first one, but I'd still do it. You see, I I want to bite Jamie of uh, Progressive on the ass. Yeah. Yeah, but I want to do it yeah, hard. I want to draw blood. Different reason. Uh, well, I just want to draw blood and and watch him <laughs> scream and flip out. But yeah, yeah, mine's not quite playful. But go ahead. 
And I think I know your reason. I think you think she's hot, right? Not me. There's a lot of guys that do. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, well, okay. I'm not my saying a lot of guys do. My is a special. What now? My flick in the nuts is a special. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, for those that don't know, I had to go see a urologist yesterday. Did you look at your pee-pee? And then he had to look something up front, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, while he was handling my, after he got done handling my boys. Mm-hmm. The twins? He talked me into a prostate exam. Ooh, that's the other side. Mm. So I got a finger in I walked out of that office feeling all kinds of violated, brother. I I have a chick doctor and she's pretty attractive. She's a Latina. Uh, this is a and she has doctor. small hands. But, so But I'm telling you he was a very good doctor, so I'm gonna give him a playful flick in the nuts. There you go. He'll understand too. Even you know? though his finger was in my ass. Yeah, well, you know what? That's not the reason I picked my doctor. But you know what? When I had to have my prostate uh, checked, it did not hurt my feelings as bad as it would have if it was a man. And Which, by the way, I got a phone call earlier today. My results come back good. I'm good on that. So oh, good. good, good problem good. I got to worry about. You said there is or isn't? Huh? Did you no, say I'm good on the prostate. Oh, okay. Uh, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Figure up. Okay. I, I gave him seventy-five dollars copay to stick his finger up my ass. <laughs> okay. And, 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 and juggle my balls. So. <laughs> yeah. As soon as he closed the door, he started laughing. Well, I got another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guarantee he did. I guarantee he did. No, um, a friend of mine said he went to his doctor, a male, and, and the doctor made him laugh so loud. He goes, you know, I know you feel, um, I know you feel violated. I know you don't like this, but imagine if you were me. And he started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the finger went right up in there. Yeah. So anyhow, um, let's see. Um, I, I got a little story here that I uh, kind of think is pretty cool, and I'm just going to go into it, and then we can take a break, and then I have a real story to go into, and it's a place, it's another work story that I used to screw with the people that I worked with, okay? And I just remembered it the other day, just out of nothing, and I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever told this story, and I really don't Sounds think like I did. Yeah, it, it is. Um, did you know that there's supposedly a curse... Um, at Arrowhead, at Arrowhead Stadium, Kansas City. Yes, yes. Okay, oh, you know what I'm talking about then. Okay, whenever yes, somebody I, mouths I off... Curse. Okay, whenever somebody mouths off at Arrowhead, they have bad luck. And I guess the Bengals did it last year, and who was it before? Uh, shit, I, I, I didn't get a chance to look it all up, but there's like several instances, and they say it's the Arrowhead curse, and they say that you shouldn't say anything to the fans at Arrowhead because you're going to be cursed. The latest victim of this is Nick Sirianni, the head coach for the Eagles. He shot off his fat yapper, and, dropped, and since then he's dropped three games straight. I love this. That fucking shitbag, he can eat a bag yeah. of dicks, fucking asshole. Next time, maybe you'll shut your fucking pie hole, right? Or maybe not. You don't look like you're capable or smart enough to shut your pie hole. Anyhow, I hope you keep losing, fuckface. Enjoy the curse. So, is that what you're going to talk about? Well, no, no. I, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, supposedly the curse comes from Derek Thomas. Oh, dude, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It started actually back in the John Elway days. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. They said ever since Derek Thomas had his premature the death. Curse goes yes. back to Derek Thomas. Mm-hmm. Wow, dude. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Um, 
Let's you see. Shoot your mouth off at Kansas City. Uh, you're going to get. Yeah. Was it like Chris Chandler or one of those quarterbacks said something derogatory about Kansas City right after uh, Derek Thomas' death? And then he like had yeah, a season-ending yeah, injury. Uh, I can't. Yeah, I think it may have been Chandler because you ain't heard shit out of him since. No, no, no. He's been gone quite a while. But um, I thought he had like a, a very bad injury after that. And then I think that's where it was born. I think John Elway was involved in this curse. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna look this up, and I'm gonna have a full report. Because I forgot it went that deep. I thought it was just over the last five years. Yeah, but it, no, I, I think it comes to Arrowhead. I think the Arrowhead curse, if I remember right, is Derek Thomas. Yes, and for those people that don't know, Derek Thomas was like Lawrence Taylor. But if you didn't know Derek Thomas, you wouldn't know Lawrence Taylor. But he was Back one of the in, best, uh, fastest. Early, early to mid-90s. Yeah, he was the best, fastest pass rusher. One of them ever. He was one of the best ever. He once had six he put sacks. Derek Thomas on one side, Neil no, seven. Smith on the other. Oh that God, that was that Marty Schottenheimer fucking insanely yes, good defenses that he came up with. Um, so uh, anyhow, it never made us anywhere. DT I think was from uh, played at Alabama. Uh, hell of a pass rusher. Um, he was yeah. he he was a little bit one dimensional. But he was so good at rushing the passer that you didn't need him to do anything else. Um, anyhow, he uh, he suffered a premature death, and what happened is is uh, he was uh, he was notorious for having parties, and uh, he had a party, and he was supposed to go to the uh, championship game in St. Louis when Dick Vermeil was still there. And I forgot who they were playing in the NFC Championship game. It was being played yeah. there. And uh, he was late getting to KCI for uh, for a uh, flight. He was flying down 435 North trying to get there. He slid on some black ice, flipped his SUV, killed his best friend Robert Tillman or something like that. Yeah. Between the two highways. Robert Tillman or something like that. Um, I forgot. Yeah. Uh, and his best friend and um, Derek Thomas uh, broke his back he was trying to rehab down in Miami and uh, he suffered an embolism that went to his heart and killed him immediately um, he's in the yeah. Hall of Fame and they say ever since that whenever someone mouths off at Arrowhead Stadium which they used to call his house the house of DT um bad luck would happen and would ensue after his death. But there was more to it too. His dad was killed in an airplane mission. He was, he flew a fighter in, in Vietnam. And every right. time the, the stealth bombers would fly over Arrowhead, they had the famous pictures, the famous video of Derek Thomas crying on the sideline. Yep. And it was very emotional it was it was it was a work of art it was i mean you know you could see this uh this pain and love on this man's face you know he never got to meet this guy because of um, a stupid war that we probably should have never been involved in in the first place and his dad was a bona fide hero so um so anyhow okay uh do you know, happen to know where exactly where that accident happened up there on 435? Roughly, yeah. Okay. Well, that same exact day, when that accident happened in mm -hmm. that snow, exact same snowstorm, mm -hmm. I was leaving Clack City, heading back to St. Joe. Uh -huh. I was like five, six miles ahead of him. No right shit. Um, well, you know, that was a weird storm. Because At down... At the same time. The south side of Kansas City, from about Gregory Boulevard, you know where that's at, right? Yeah, yeah. South got nothing. Matter of fact, in Cleveland, Missouri, it was a blue sky all day. It was cold, but it was blue sky all day. That was a freak snow ice storm out of nowhere that they right. didn't even know was going to happen. Yeah, see, and I was on the north side. Yeah, and you got it up there. Up where that accident, like I said, I was like five miles, five, six miles up the highway from him when wow. that accident happened. 
Wow. Well, I remember um, they broke into sports radio. I was listening to sports radio, and I think it was Kevin Keatsman broke it. And uh, he gets on there, and this is back when he was on 1510 before they bought 810 and started that big signal. And uh, I remember him going, uh, we, we just got word that uh, uh, Derek Thomas has passed away. And I'm like, what? I went over there and yeah. told a couple of guys that I work with, I go, hey, man, I just heard it. And then they're looking at me, they go, yeah, yeah, I just heard. And they're listening to a different sports station. And we're like, wow, we're just sitting there just like fucking stunned going, oh, my God, Derek Thomas yeah, died. it was a shock. Yeah, yeah, it was. So, anyhow, um, let's take our first break. And I'm going to come back with a work story that I never told before. So, how's that? I can't wait. All righty. You know, they're always classic. Am I I have to bring you down? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. This sounds like fun. It is. We'll talk to you guys in a minute. From the makers of the Who Bit My Asshole board game comes the Rob Rad Jigsaw Puzzle. That's right, put Rob back together. This brilliant glossy photo of Rob wearing a loincloth in a rainforest is the perfect stocking stuffer. Order now and get a free butt plug keychain. And now, Deep Thoughts with Mark. Okay, so I have a shredded chicken soft taco. Now I'm going to lay it flat, open it up, and then I'm going to roll it tightly the other way. Will it then suddenly become a taquito? Hmm. I may never know. Next up, things overheard in hell. Oh, look, the Wayne Newton channel is the highest rated network. Two douchebags in a microphone, raw and uncensored. See behind the smoke show. Watch as the douchebags get stung by a swarm of bees. Enjoy one of many coffee houses ordering our heroes out. Watch Mark revisit Clinton, Missouri to claim his innocence for all the mad shitter accusations. Act now and get both high quality DVD sets and a free douchebag calendar. Mark off the day with a douchebag looking at you. Supplies are limited, so act now. As much fun as an electric can opener to the scrotum, two douchebags in a microphone. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. May, your five-year-old neighbor have all their violin lessons during all of your hangovers. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. May, every empty parking space you see in the distance actually contain a motorcycle. Well, like before promised, this is a new story. Everyone knows my, I mean, listen for a while, I used to be very mischievous at work when I was a teenager and a young man. Yeah, a teenager and a young man. Well, you you witnessed it firsthand. So um, I didn't necessarily give a a shit. At a young age, even. Yes. I didn't necessarily give a shit whether I had a job or not, so therefore I acted accordingly. So, um, anyhow, so, when I was a teenager, I accidentally got a part-time job at a printing press. And it really was by accident. I was helping a buddy with... I remember you telling me about that job. Yeah, yeah, because I used to make flyers and shit. I used to do dick prints and, like, fucking stick stick them in people's, like, notebooks and stuff. And then they'd open it up and there'd be a fucking black and white dick print in there. (laughs) Asshole prints, um, all different kinds of stuff, nasty messages. (laughs) I can't believe you remembered that, Rob. That's awesome. Yeah, I I remember you talking. I think that was right before we met. Yes, it was. (laughs) 
And yeah. We met eight March of eighty five, so yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, because I actually uh, was laid off from hog carrying, I think, right before that. And I was debating on whether getting another job or not, but then I accidentally got this one, so I didn't need a job. But anyhow, um, I was helping a buddy with his project he had going on at school. We were at a printing press, and he was getting flyers made up for a charity function. The owner came into the store and was informed that three people called in to work that day. He looked at me and my buddy Ben, and, uh, and he asked us if we wanted to make some extra money working there part-time. So Ben and I looked at each other and we're like, okay, sure, why not? Because it looked like fun. There's all these big presses and equipment there, and we're like, we couldn't wait to go fuck with it, you know. We weren't necessarily really wanting to work. We just wanted to screw with this machinery, right? Yeah. So, and also I had guitars and amps and, and a piece of crap 66 Mustang that needed all kinds of work done. Did I still have that Mustang or did I already hit the deer by the time we met? I think I probably hit the deer already, I think. Anyhow, it doesn't matter. It was a convertible leather top, though, but it was still a piece of shit. We soon realized why everyone kept calling in. It was because a, uh, a supervisor named Walter. He was a real dumb shit, and he couldn't put a string of words together most days. So, you know, what was I to do? I was, you know, I, was, I, was, you know, I quickly started screwing with him. Walter had a horrible no, green. Not you. <laughs> Walter had horrible green gray teeth. I mean, it was nasty. I mean, it was just like I don't know what the hell he had to do. Why they were just like they they were that color. It didn't look healthy. So um, I I um, I started um I started by going into his office every day and replacing his brand new ink pens with dry ones. I heard him several times, he was, you know, he's complaining about the cheap pens the company provided. You know, his mistake was he would throw his dry pens in the trash to where a bastard like me could retrieve them, right? And do the prank over and over. So every day I would go in there and he'd have the new pens. I would take the new pens and I would take the old pens out of the trash that he already that was already put in a little hopper dumpster by the uh, custodian. And so he wouldn't he wouldn't even be able to look into his trash and see that I replaced his pens. I wait till they threw the trash out in the dumpster in the hopper dumpster, right? And then I would go out there, I would retrieve the pens, and then I'd bring them back and I'd take his good pens and I'd put the dry pens. So every day he'd go to his uh, he'd go to his office desk and he'd have three dry pens and he replaced them the day before. And this drove him nuts. He used to bitch about it all the time. He'd be like, "Man, I wish we'd get some good pens in this fucking place." And I'd be like, "Yeah, I know. I just had a couple go out on me. I don't understand it." And he, "Oh, they need to buy better pens." I'm like, "Yeah, I think I agree with you." <laughs> so um, this press it took large checks from local businesses and cash, so it had a vault room in it. Right? It was nothing but a vault, and it was it wasn't really a room. It's kind of it had a door you'd go in there, but I'm not even sure really, you know. Anyhow, it was a vault. Yeah, you know, I found out that the vault room had to have a certain card to get into it. Walter and the owner were the only two of them, that, and the janitor had another one, but he could uh, only use his card to get it. He could get into the place, but Walter had to approve it beforehand. If Walter didn't approve it, the silent alarm would go off and, and alert the owner and the local authorities. The problem with the access card was they all looked identical. So what would happen is is uh, the janitor would be like, hey, I gotta go in there and clean everything up and all that. And so uh, Walter would um, um, you know, authorize it, he put his code in, and then that meant that it was the vault was being cleaned and that's why someone was in there, right? And then right. Walter had to go oversee it. But if, he, if, if after, if Walter didn't put it in his code first, it would set off an alarm because it wasn't quite the right card that Walter and the owner had. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's designed to protect like uh, another, a third party from getting right, in there. Right. Like they didn't trust anybody but Walter and the owner to be in there alone. So I quickly realized this. So every now and then I would switch the access cards out because they looked identical. The janitor used to leave his in his tool cart 
and Walter used to have his in his unlocked desk. The first time I switched out their cards, it caused a huge issue because there had been a lot of break-ins in the area of local businesses. So when Walter would use a card I switched out with a janitor, he didn't approve it prior, and it would set off all the alerts in the owner's home and local law enforcement. So, you know, <laughs> Walter would go in there by himself and he would, and having the janitor's card that needed the, the code to approve it, right? It wouldn't get the okay, code. This is not the story I was thinking. There's too much technology involved. We didn't have this stuff back in the 80s. No, this was in the 80s. It was it? It was in the 80s, yes. And they did have this technology. Well, we met March 85. Yeah, so this is probably 84. And they did. It was, yeah, that's why I say that. I, think, yeah. I thought I remembered this. Yeah. No, this happened right before I was at Jess and Jim's, so yes, I probably did tell yeah. you about this. They did have this technology then. They didn't have cell phones or nothing, but the, you know, it was, the burglar alarm was tied into you know, the local authorities, and also yeah. the owner, they could do that back then, and they did. So I got to do this roughly three times, and Walter hit his card, and then the janitor quit, and then the new one never, he never, never left his card lying around like the old one did so um, everyone is you know so I got to do that three times and it drove fucking Walt I know Walter didn't know what the fuck was going on man he, you know he'd be in there and all of a sudden he'd get fucking hey man you know uh, cops coming in there fucking owner flying down there and shit and then, and then it, he looked like an asshole cause he looked like he uh, he lost the card and and took the wrong card or something, right? So he looked like he did this, like he was a fuck up. But actually, I did this by sneakery sneaking his card and switching them out. So um, anyhow, the new janitor, the old janitor, quit. The new one, he would hide his card, and then Walter got to where he would put his card in his pocket or so. I don't know where he put it, but I never could find it again. So I think even as dumb as Walter was. I don't think that uh, I think that he figured out that someone was stealing his card and swapping it out with the janitors, or maybe he thought the janitor did it. I don't know, but anyhow, so I got to do this about three times and it was fun. So one day I had uh, everyone at work go up to Walter at different times during the morning and tell me he looked ill, disheveled, sickly. He believed all of us and he went home sick and didn't come back for three days. Because we just suggested that he looked ill. He looked disheveled. He looked like something was wrong. <laughs> so, um, I used to, so I used to put toothpaste in, and I used to hide it in his coat pockets because his teeth were nasty. He never used it that I could tell. One time I uh, put that really sticky fly paper in his coat pocket instead of toothpaste. He vowed to fire whoever did that. <laughs> it was all fun and games till one day Walter didn't show up. <laughs> You know, he had the he had that sticky. You know how sticky that flypaper was. Oh, I bet. Oh yeah, it ruined his coat. He couldn't get it out of his hand. He said it took him like a half hour, and he said he still had that sticky shit on his hand. And he had a little meeting. He said if you ever caught whoever did it, they were fired. And I had a hell of a time not bursting out laughing and going, "I did it, fuck face." But. You know, I, I like getting money. It was an easy job. All I had to do was go take prints and just fucking run them over, you know, stack them, bundle them, and then tie them off. It, it was an easy job. So I, I kept my, you know, I kept my composure and acted like I was pissed like him. I can't believe someone did that to you, Walter. If I find out who did it, I'm going to be the first one to let you know. And, you know, and he thought I was on his side, but I wasn't. So anyhow... Yeah. One day, all the fun and games were gone because Walter didn't show up. Seems that Walter had a horrible gambling, gambling problem and was stealing money from the vault and was let go and prosecuted. I Holy went, shit. Yes. So I was fucking with Walter that whole time, but the whole time Walter was uh, fucking gambling. And I don't know where he's gambling. We didn't have the Riverboat Casino, so I think it was probably like... Uh, like maybe the Missouri Queen or something like that or I don't I'm not sure how he gambled but anyhow or did we have him maybe we did have 
good casino. No, I think it was illegal gambling back then. Yeah. I don't think there was any legal gambling in the state of Missouri. Well, the word was is he had a horrible gambling problem, and that's why he was stealing. Well, I, I think it was with bookies and shit then. It, it, was, it, was, okay. uh, it was illegal gambling. Well, somehow I think... We did not have legal gambling back in the 80s. Okay. Well, well, anyhow, um, he um, when he admitted that he was stealing when they put the pressure on him and, you know, did the plea bargain, he said they had a gambling problem and that's why he did it, so I guess it was with uh. bookies. So, I worked there long enough to buy a used Ibanez guitar and fix my Mustang roughly for three weeks before I hit a deer one night and totaled it. So, I guess karma kind of got me back, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, it did, but you know what? It was funner than hell. <laughs> so, anyhow, Walter, you're probably out of prison unless you did something else. I hope you listen to this broadcast, and you now finally know who did it. Who switched out your cards? Who kept sticking toothpaste in your pockets? Oh, another thing I used to do is I used to put, like, little water balloons behind his books. And the water balloon would fall out and fucking hit him and break open. Mark, if he's getting out of prison, I don't know if I would admit all this. <laughs> you're right. Walter, I didn't do this. It was, uh, it was Rob Rad. You're going to have to hire a bodyguard now. <laughs> yeah, no shit. No, uh, I, I, uh, I used to put those little bitty water balloons. Remember those little ones, those little pinky balloons that they used to sell? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they probably oh, still yeah, sell that, them. That, that was my son's favorite that I had to fill up, and then, oh, my God, they were paying ass. Oh, yeah, you'd have to. I had several. I little water balloons, yeah, I hated them. Yeah, so I used to have to. Uh, several of them exploded on me because they were so delicate. In order to get them to explode on them, they had to be about ready to pop open anyhow, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the only way because if not, they would fall and bounce off of them. So I had to. I had several of them explode on me, so I kind of got it too. But I had a couple of them that were like just right, and they fell and exploded on him, and he was pissed off. And anyhow. Poor guy. And then, and then <laughs> when you got bigger callous tank fingers, it's yeah. hard to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was always the wife and the daughter's job. <laughs> I don't think I could fill them up nowadays. I, I, I just don't no, think I, I could. could. I, there ain't no way I could. My I, fingers could. Yeah, I, no way. No, too much wear and tear on my fingers. You I would not be able to. about the close time. <laughs> Yeah, those little bastards are hard, and they're hard to get over the sink tap, too. Oh, my God. Oh, geez. I'd I'd have to have my magnifying glass out. Yeah. Look, I mean, it wasn't fun, but I had to do it. I had to do it to fuck with Walter, right? Hey, as parents, yeah, we all had to do it. Well, that, too, but, I mean, this was to fuck with Walter. I had to do it. It was my duty. Well, yeah. So, um, anyhow, um... I got another little story here I want to go into, switching gears completely. You know, um, they did a survey about what states spoil their dog the most, right? Yeah. Okay, and here is the top 10. Um, Florida topped the list with 66.5 of respondents saying they spend more money on their dog's health and grooming than their own. The survey also found that 43.5 of respondents in the Sunshine State have pushed their dog in a stroller, while 54% regularly throw birthday parties for their canines. Alaska, Washington, Colorado, and California rounded out the top five respectively, but I'm going to go ahead and go into the top ten in order. Number one was Florida. Number two was Alaska. Number three Washington State, number four, Colorado, number five, California, number six, New Jersey, number seven, Illinois, number eight, Texas, number nine, Delaware, number ten, Virginia, so, meanwhile, the survey suggests that pet owners in Oklahoma spoil their dogs the least. 
followed by Indiana, Wisconsin, Idaho, New Mexico, and South Carolina. Now here, hey, I know some. I, I have some good friends in Oklahoma. That, yeah, they spoil their pets. Okay. Well, this says they do yeah, it the least, they so they're not the normal. So anyhow, and who knows how they got this? This is from Forbes. So I mean, I don't oh, know how Forbes okay. got this. Forbes advisor also identified the ways people spoil their dogs most. Taking family photos with their fur babies topped the list at 58.7 of all respondents nationwide saying they do this. About 53.7 of the respondents say they also like to pamper their pets by buying them dog clothes. With special dog meals coming in at 45%. And uh, also homemade food prepared for their dog at 43.2%. And 43%, no, 41.3% say they've ordered a nice treat for their dog at a restaurant. So, that is, uh, that's it right there. And uh, how about if we take our uh, last break and we come back with something from Rob? Does that sound good? All right, well, I'm sorry if I was distracted through that. I was dealing with my son's dog, so. Uh, okay, anything you want to talk about or not? No, no, no. I'm just in the room. He's gone. She's parking. He was supposed to put her in a kennel before he left, and he didn't. I guess not. <laughs> okay, no. well we'll no, be right we'll, we'll be right back with Rob Brad something. I'm sure he's got something for us, don't you? I got some Lake Area news for you. Awesome, we love Lake Area news. We'll be right back. Next up, things overheard in hell. Hurry up! Kim Jong Un is playing Santa at the mall again this year. Yay! Two douchebags and a microphone says. You ever dream about eating chocolate pudding and wake up with a spoon in your ass? Just asking. A lot of podcasts just come from a can. Here at Two Douchebags and a Microphone, we pour our own podcasts. Next up, Things Overheard in Hell. Joe Buck and Corey Aikman are doing all televised and radio games of the NFL this year. You need protection from fucktards. You have people coming and fucking with you constantly. You need answers. You need solutions. Smack, Smack in the, the nuts. nuts. That's right. Smack in the nuts is what you need. Smack in the nuts. Get rid of said losers in no time flat. Smack, Smack in, in the, the nuts. nuts. Available everywhere wherever you buy self-defense items. Here are just a few testimonials from some satisfied customers. Stupid fucksack come to me. He talks stupid. He no let me go. Smell like sack of shit. He spit talk all over. I remember smacking balls. I use shit sack. Shit sack lie on ground. I walk off. Thank you smacking the balls. You saved me from smelly smelly spit. Well I had this stupid son of a bitch come around me. Uh, he would not shut his fucking yapper for nothing. He gets up on me and he talks all stupid. And I didn't know what to do. I could not shake this motherfucker like a booger. Then I remember smacking the nuts. I pulled out old smacking the nuts. And that motherfucker went down like a sack of fucking potatoes. Thank you, smacking the nuts. You saved me once again from stupid motherfuckers. Smacking the nuts. Don't leave home without it. Two douchebags and microphone. I'm Mark. And I'm Rob. Rob Rad, we turn to you. It's been a while since we've had a Lake Area news worthy of talking about. Yes, it has. Um, well, I have been watching this. I have not reported on it, but I've been watching it. Mm-hmm. There is talks of a casino coming to Lake of the Ozarks. Still? How many times do they squash that, though? I thought it had been squashed several times before. Well, the 
Let me read this story. Uh, okay, go ahead. The development of a locally funded and based casino at Lake of the Ozarks receives another endorsement. Okay. The Miller County Commission this morning, which was yesterday, so in Monday the 18th, unanimously approved a resolution to support in favor of the casino development, which is being spearheaded by the Osage River Gaming and Convention Group and Bally's. Oh, okay. Which I'm looking in, I, I, that's my job tomorrow. I'm going to look in to see if that is the Bally's Bally's. Um, we have the Bally's in Kansas they, City. Yeah. They took over another casino and they promptly put so millions into Bally's. it. Yes. I believe okay. it's going to happen now. Well, governors gave, gave approval to the resolution following a short public comment period during which former longtime presiding commissioner Tom Wright, who is not a big fan of a casino in the Lake area, mm-hmm. gave it his opinion, which does coincide with county will benefit from such a development, but not to the extent that it is being advertised. Okay. Okay, well, it's going up for a vote in November 2024. It's on the ballot. Very cool. Uh, if you know Lake of the Ozarks, which Mark, I know you do. Yes, I do. You go down by Bagnell Dam on 54, mm-hmm. like you're coming around Osage Beach, around the lake, and to Jeff City. Uh-huh. You come across uh, the Osage River, yeah. which comes out of Bagnell Dam, out of Lake of the Ozarks. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. One, one side, you're, you look off to your right. You're looking at the Osage River, you look off left, you're looking at Bagel Dam. Yes. Well, there's a quarry just on the other side there, and that's where they're talking about building this casino. Okay. It might happen now. Uh, the city's main concern deals with such a casino development would not be regulated or taxed by the state. Okay, well, fuck you, city. That's my opinion. <laughs> I fuck your taxes. Yeah. Here's what I'm looking at, Mark. Okay. That would bring jobs to this area. Yes. Which this area needs. I agree. Especially in wintertime, it closed down. But here's what we here's what the lake would need to support this casino. Yeah, you have your regulars, your locals. Yes. But we need our travelers to keep it going to support the local people working there. Yes. And this, this is my opinion as a local that live here. I've lived here for twenty years. Okay. I think it would be a great idea as long as people would keep coming. I mean, you know, because right now, yeah, I have a two and a half week vacation because we're slow. We're a tourist area, even though I build boat trailers. Mm-hmm. Things slow down. A casino would give people, especially during the holidays, would give them an in- income. When most, when a lot of people are laid off, hell, I could go there and get an easier job. Yeah, yeah. I'd get in on maintenance or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So no, that's just something I wanted to bring up. I mean, yeah, they're talking about, actually, they're talking about two different casinos down here. 
Okay. But I just ran across the other one today, but this is the main one they've been talking about. Okay. But the problem is, it's an Indian. Yeah, Native American. It's a That's Native American casino. Not yeah. About it. It's an Indian casino. Okay, and they want one that they can regulate and have their own taxes on, is what they're saying, yeah, right? Yeah, that, that, that last statement, the city's main concern deals with such a casino development would not be re- regulated or taxed by the state. In other words, they're, not getting, their, they're not getting their cut. Yeah, yeah, it's an Indian group that's wanting to start. Yeah, a Native American casino, it, yeah, because it's, it's on their land... American is unsupervised they cannot you know uh, our government cannot tell them what or what not to do on their land so they don't have any rights to revenue or to tell them that they have to close at any certain time or tell them they have to adhere to nothing and we all know the government doesn't like that but i think but i think they're being pressured into having to accept it because there's enough people rising up around here. Hey, we need work. We need, you know. Well, you know what? I, I think it's... You know, no, we, here, here's the deal. This is it. Lake of the Ozarks, the tourist area. Mm-hmm. Okay, when all of you in Kansas City and St. Louis and Illinois and Nebraska and Iowa go home, it's just us down here, you know. And and let me give you a little. We're still paying the high taxes. We're still paying the high prices. Yes. But they. But it's. Where it's low pay. Um, Let me. Unless you build yourself up. Let me uh, put it into a little bit different perspective here, if you allow me to. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So. A cruise, right? Do you know that near, nearly half the people that go on cruises do it to gamble? Because they have casinos in all these boats. You would think that they go because they like the ocean, they like playing out in the sun, but there is about half the amount of people that get on that boat that just want to go into the casino and gamble the whole time, and they do. So that will tell you, that will give you an idea of how a casino would help Lake of the Ozarks out so much, is because of that, is because people are like, well, you know what, I can go gamble here on the Missouri River, I go to St. Louis and gamble on the Mississippi River, I could go to Columbia and, uh, or is it, is it Columbia, no, it's Boonville. I go to Boonville and gamble on the Missouri River, or I could go to that playground, Lake of the Ozarks, and gamble. Don't you think that... Okay, uh, well, okay, at the same time, people from here are having to go to Boonville, having to go to Kansas City. Yes, they wouldn't do that, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. So you get local people and you get the tourists. I think it would be great for the revenue. I think it would help the lower income people around here to find a job. Yes. As long as you could pass the test, which I could easily get into the maintenance. Yeah. You know what? I, I mean, that's yeah. a great idea, and I and um, I think it's great that people are giving them enough heat to where they have to look at it and possibly do it. Because I think it's been needing something like that for a long time. Like you said, after everybody else goes it's home, they put their boats in the hand. Got to yeah. keep the people coming. They put their keep the people coming. They put their boats in storage and they lock up their lake homes. Then people like you still have to pay the high prices, but don't have anything. To, well, you do because you're in industry. Yeah, when when they're not here giving us the money, you know we're yeah. you know. Well, I mean, like we go to Eureka Springs a lot, like I've told before. Right, and, right, okay. Right. You know what I'm talking. Yeah, most Everybody of those. Most most of those people come November. I'm just they're in Florida. Of it. They're in Florida, but they can afford it. People live down Lake of the Ozarks. You know, people do business in Eureka Springs because they can. You, yeah. you know what I mean? There are a lot of people down at Lake of the Ozarks. They live there and they have no choice but to work there. 
So it's a little bit different thing. Eureka Springs, they filled up the sidewalks, and they're all in Florida or somewhere else or, you know, in another home somewhere or doing something else. They're not worried about doing anything during the winter because they're already fine. Now, people like those arcs, a lot of them are in different situations where they have to work when nobody's down there. And then a lot of people don't get to because nobody's down there. If you have a casino, those people have a place where they can go and work during the winter. Yeah, yeah. As long as we have people coming in to support it. And you will. have to support itself. You will, like I said, go to Boonville. Well, and the company support it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, go to Boonville and or and uh, and play the slots, or go to but like I in the Ozarks. A lot of people in the outskirts, you know, around the outskirts, everywhere down right here, uh-huh. that travel to go to the casinos. Mm-hmm. A lot of them probably go to Boonville, don't they? Because that's the closest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boonville, it's straight up five, pretty much. Yeah. So, well, let's hope they do. Um, I got one last story before we uh, shut down for this podcast. Um, you know, NASA has a canister of space rocks that cannot seem to get open. Uh, this canister is I from... I bet I could get it open. I, I don't know. They really did this thing. Uh, you might be able to, Rob. Uh, but the thing is, I think they have a problem getting it open without hurting the rocks is a problem. Okay, yeah, that would be a problem. Yeah, this canister is from an asteroid named... You, I was going to say, you bring it to our shop, me and the guys, we can get it open. <laughs> Let's face it, you take a cutting torch to it and it'll fucking break it wide open. Or You know, there's other ways too, but yeah. No, so, we got hammers, we got all kinds, all of, kinds of stuff. Sledgehammers, whatever, uh, sheet metal hammers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we'll uh, get it open. Yeah. Hell, so, we have a plasma cutter. Plasma cutters will do that too. Um, yeah. So this That'd is probably the best. Uh, probably this asteroid. Uh, this asteroid's named Bennu, B-E-N-N-U. NASA said that it is working on a unique tool to open up the canister. They made the canister so uh, so space-proof that it seems it may be human-proof as well. We shall keep you updated. There are some really long-awaited materials from this particular asteroid. They think that they're materials that can help us in everyday life. These are elements and minerals that we don't have on Earth, they believe. And they've been wanting, yeah, they've been wanting to get into this thing for a while, but they're afraid to take too much force to it because they don't know the, uh, uh, yeah, because you don't know what would destroy what's in it. Exactly. So they have to be very delicate. Like you said, the cutting torch could destroy it, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they have to be extremely careful about how they handle this thing. And in doing so, they have not been successful in getting it open. And this is where they're coming up with this uh, unique tool that's just going to be a tool that they develop just to open this thing up so they don't hurt any of the elements or the minerals inside it because they think that these are minerals and elements that they don't have here on Earth. So, and interesting stuff. So... Anyhow, um, trying to think of what else. I got, I got it, dude. Okay. I got the solution. Okay. A portable bandsaw. You think they would have thought of that already? Put the top right off of it. No, um, there's no heat. No, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm familiar. You could even add coolant. You know, like oil to while you're cutting it I, and cool it. I have a portable bandsaw that actually has coolant. Well, I had one. I don't have it now. I used to work with one. It'd be great for cutting railings and stuff like that. Oh, dude, we use them all the time down docks and shit. Yeah. Oh, they're great. They they will cut. Oh, and when I, oh, and when I worked for, when we did all these work, that, yeah, that, we used a lot of, we used the hell out of it at all these cutting that tube steel. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing better for cutting tube tube steel on the job than a portable bandsaw. Those things are good. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's what I do these days, and I use a chop saw with an abrasive blade, like a grinder blade. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I got the sparks. The yeah. I I I'm breathing the fumes. Yeah. I got yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. But, but I got to admit, I love what I do. I'm three months from turning 55. Cool. And I'm still doing what I do, and I'm enjoying it. That's great. I got to admit it. Well. I'm um, enjoying it while I can. Yes. It's not something you're going to want to do when you're 60. Probably not. I don't know, though. I mean, you I, seem to no, build up very no, well. It, yeah, there ain't no way I can do it on the 60. Yeah. It, it's very hard not physical a, work. Not 100, 180 pounds at a time when you weigh 140. <laughs> yeah. You're you're like an All ant. Day you're, long. you're lifting more than your body weight. That's what ants do yeah, every day. Yeah, so. actually, there I have a 26 foot, 2 by 3, 2 by 5. Eight-inch tube steel. Oh, yeah. I actually have to pick up, carry through a doorway, turn it sideways, and get it up on my saw, which is about two, three inches taller than what I needed. Oh, wow. It was built for somebody taller than me. Uh-huh. I'm a short dude, man. I'm 5'7". Oh, man, and it's built for... But, that. Yeah, but... So I got to lift this shit all the way up. So that tells you something a little more about me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that means you're pretty but damn this, stout. But these pieces, these 26-foot pieces of 2x5 steel, uh-huh. 140 pounds. I weigh 140 pounds. Wow, that's pretty good, dude. Hey, I'm proud. Uh, you, yeah, you a should be. A lot of people are proud. A lot of people are trying to figure out how the hell I'm still doing it. Um, yeah, honest. I mean, really. Even my son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, honestly. Now that he works there, he sees what I do. He goes, how the hell are you doing that, Dad? <laughs> I don't know. I'm doing it. Oh, cool. It's what was bred into me as a kid. You work the yeah. ass off. Yep. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Uh, have a good rest of your evening. Take care. Bye. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Hey, where'd everybody go? Where the douchebags? Hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Oh, man, that smells.